Nyata, hello. My name is Alison and I pastor a little church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. I acknowledge the people of the Eastern Ma Nation who have been sharing stories and keeping culture here since time immemorial and I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Like you and like me, John was not the light. Instead he was sent as a witness to testify to the light which is the life of the world. And he does this in three movements. First, he's clear about what he is not. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. I am not the prophet like Moses, he tells his inquisitors. Then he quotes scripture to describe who in fact he is. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He's adapting the words of the prophet Isaiah, which were first spoken to the exiles in Babylon, and which set out the path for them to return home. Not on the main highway around the fertile crescent, but straight through the wilderness, where God would provide. But what is this wilderness? It is a deserted place, far from town, temple or synagogue. It's also the place far from speech, for that is what the Hebrew word for wilderness, midbar, means. The word suggests silence, and it evokes the primordial chaos of Genesis, which awaits God's creative and ordering word. So when John cries out in the wilderness, he is both speaking and anticipating God's life-giving word, the word which is the light of all people, the word which is enfleshed in Jesus Christ. John then names what he does in the wilderness and its limitations. I baptise with water, he says, and the one on whom you see the Holy Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptises with the Holy Spirit. So John's witness is shaped by his identification with Scripture. It's achieved through particular activities, being the voice in the wilderness, baptising, and it has limits, boundaries, and the authority which comes with a grounded self-knowledge. John knows who he is and what he's called to do. And he also knows who and what he is not. Abraham Joshua Heschel writes, There are no final proofs to the existence of God. There are only witnesses. Well, John is one such witness. And we are all called to be witnesses too. For the gospel is clear. Jesus expects those who dwell in the light to speak words which lead others to trust in him and to be united with God. Testimony is part of our vocation. So as people who dwell in the light, we are all called to testify. We are all called to speak God's life-giving word. But how do we do this? Well, John's testimony provides a useful pattern to help us reflect on how we bear witness to the Christ light. We identify which scripture shapes and guides us, even as we adapt it to new circumstances. We identify the particular activities we do as a witness to Christ, and we become clear about our limitations, recognising not only who and what we are, but who and what we are not. And so as you think about what your testimony might be, 
ask yourself, what scripture deeply resonates? Or what scripture shapes my life and my work? Wonder. As a witness to Christ, what do I do? That is, what particular activities do I engage in which are a response to the call of Jesus on my life? Don't just think about work, but about all the other ways you are active in this world. Loving, forgiving, praying, being with people, making soup. What do you do as a witness to Jesus Christ? And finally, ask God, what are my limitations? Who or what am I not? And accept with joy the freedom which comes from knowing your own limits. During our service, to give life to this pattern, I interviewed a member of the congregation about their life and work. But this interview is not publicly available. Instead, here's a few words adapted from the testimony I gave at my ordination, and which tell you who and what I am, that is, a pastor prophet in the mould of Jonah, who and what I'm not, that is, I am not nice, and how my witness is expressed through preaching, pastoring, and prayer. I once came across the idea of a life verse, and I rolled my eyes. Straight away, two verses hit me, one from the book of Jonah, it is indeed right for me to be angry, even unto death. And the other from Psalm 139. You knit me in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We all like our pastors to be nice, but I can't promise you this. For I've been fearfully and wonderfully made as an angry prophet. Now prophets get angry when God's love and shalom are disrupted by sin. And when I look around, I see this disruption everywhere. Every person on this earth is fearfully and wonderfully made. And yet too many people are too often denied their full and God-given humanity. Women are put down. Children are ignored. People with autism misunderstood. LGBTI plus people are constantly told to change. And when I see this, when I see people being mocked, blocked and denigrated by the powerful, I get mad. And then I get sad. And this madness and this sadness and my knowledge of my own complicity, my own badness, mix into my reading of the scriptures and my prayer. And out of this strange and dark compost emerges new life. Sermons and stories and new prayers, a more open heart, a more listening ear, the gifts I share with you as pastor, prophet and friend. And if you want to read the full testimony, you can find it on the Sanctuary website, that's sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com and it's called Visions of an Angry Prophet. So that's all for today as I limp towards Christmas. My, what a year it's been. May God bless you with an open heart and the words to flesh out your own witness, your own testimony, as you too speak God's words of life into wilderness places. Amen. If you enjoyed what you heard, there's always more to read on our website. At sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com. 
Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you can find the details for this on the website. Great to have you with us and we'll catch you another time.